Welcome to Walshy Naps, the podcast about running a creative business. I'm Abby Glassenberg. On this episode of the show, I'm going to be talking with two wonderful friends who are also creative business owners. My first guest is Stacy Trock. Stacy designs patterns for crocheted stuffed animals, and her business is Fresh Stitches. Stacy's the author of three craft books. She teaches her craft nationally and online, and she has a very successful blog, too. Stacy has a really joyous approach toward living a DIY lifestyle and will inspire you to learn all sorts of things besides crochet, too. You can check her out at freshstitches.com. And my second guest is Molly Johansson. Molly is an illustrator and designer of incredibly cute embroidery patterns and printables, and her business is Wild Olive. She also has a background in graphic design. Molly's first craft book will be out in early 2015, and she has a super successful seasonal stitching club going on, as well as a wonderfully inspiring blog. You can check her out at wildolive.blogspot.com. Today, the three of us will be sharing our, great, our favorite graphic design tools, tips, and tricks that will make your blog or website look amazing, even if you're just getting started in web design. I'm really excited for our chat. Hi, Stacy. Hi. Hi, Molly. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank um, you. <laughs> so let's start by talking about our current projects. I feel like the three of us are always cooking up plans for new patterns and collaborations and are continually coming up with new ideas for growing our craft businesses. So Stacy, let's start with you. You released two winter-themed patterns yesterday. I did. A Santa and a gingerbread man and a Rudolph is coming out next week. So I'm in full holiday mode. Well, I should say full Christmas. There's no need to be PC because Hanukkah's almost over by now. So it's really full Christmas mode. Um, and yeah, the this time of year just goes by so fast. So I feel like it's it's gonna be 2014 in like a week. Do you have any it will be. particular <laughs> do you have any particular exciting sort of other projects and um you know I know you've got things brewing all the time. So what else what else are you kind of mulling over I, at the moment? I do. Well okay, so I have one thing that's graphic design related. So I've been drawing animals that come from my stuffed animals into like cute little graphics. And I'm gonna talk about one of the tools I use during our chat. And I've just been, I wasn't really sure what to do with them. Like I just put them on the website or whatever. And then it occurred to me I could make buttons. So it's going to be my first release of various Fresh Stitches characters in drawn form um, coming out next week on the website. So that's pretty exciting because it's a new avenue. I'm not sure if it'll be successful. I think they're cute, but I can see down the road maybe this would be a note card sort of expansion line. Um, so I'm excited about that. And on a personal level, I just ordered a really big bundle of felt, which I am so excited about because every year I tell myself, you know, for the holidays, you need to do some fun crafting that's just like getting creative, do whatever you feel like. And I always forget because I'm so busy, but I ordered some felt from American Felt and Craft, who I really like. And I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make some stuff. I'm really excited. That's awesome. I have a huge felt stash and I love it. It's so great to just have every color. Yeah, that's my fantasy is like if I could own every color in felt, 
That'd be great. I share your fantasies. <laughs> yeah, I'll be right there with you. <laughs> um, so, so Molly, um, tell us a little bit about what's going on with you. I know in your blog you're doing the 25 Crafts of Christmas series right now. So talk about that and whatever other new projects you're thinking about. Um, well, the 25 Crafts of Christmas came about kind of because I've I've been toying about with that idea maybe as an ebook, and that may even still come about. Um, but I decided it was it just needed to get going. Um, so that's happening, and I'm looking at different um, craft supplies and tools and putting them into use in, in Christmassy sorts of ways. Um, and then I've just gotten started with the winter installment of the stitching seasonal stitching clubs. So that's getting going, and really need to start preparing for spring as well because that'll come along. Um, and lots of personal Christmas crafting going on around here. And then beyond that, I'm really trying to prepare to catch my breath because I'm, I've been running very steadily for a while. So that's really what I'm looking at down the road is a pause in, in the work. And that's what I've decided I need to be okay with that. Absolutely. Um, because I think you update your blog, is it every day or just during the week, during the, the work week? It, generally, it's just uh, yeah, five days a week, which is a tremendous <laughs> amount of work, you guys. Yeah, I love that. Just five days a week. That's yeah, all. just five days a week. Um, but leading up to Christmas, because it's twenty-five days of Christmas, it's every day. So right, it's so busy. Yeah, that's a ton. So yes, I but think I love that, it. Yeah, and you love it exactly. Yeah. Um, that's why we do it. Um, yeah. So. Um, okay, great. Um, and I just released an ebook that's been doing really nicely. That's about, um, it's called the insider's guide to starting an online sewing pattern business. Um, and I've just been so happy with how it's been going because, um, I, th I think this was like a pool of knowledge that really needed to be put together in one spot. Um, and you know, I, I love it when people start start selling their patterns online and start their business because it's such a great business to do. It's so fun and um, and it is profitable and it's just great and it leads to so many new things. So I love that people are excited about it um, and so I did that and then I've been planning lots of like roundup posts for the end of the year on the blog, sort of best blog posts of the year, most controversial blog posts of the year, <laughs> of which there have been some, and um, and that kind of thing, kind of adding up. Um, also want to do maybe a little income report. Um, I don't know, just there's sort of, you know, uh, crunching all the different numbers and blog posts and coming up with what's happened this year, setting goals for next year too. Um, and then I'm also sewing a pig, I'm designing a pig, and last night I made, I think, four, five different prototypes for the, the muzzle, like the, you know, the snout on a pig. Oh my God, this thing is driving me nuts, but I'm almost there. Um, so it's been a lot of pigs on my desk, um, a lot of pig snouts. But anyway, so that's what I'm working. He's going to be so cute when he's done, but he, he, boy, that snout was driving me nuts. But anyway, so that's what's on my desk. Um, okay, so I think now we're going to turn to talking about our graphic design tips, and we've each kind of pulled together a list of some of our favorites. So we're going to go around uh, round robin style, and we're going to start with Stacy. Okay, so my first one is first because not only is it my favorite tool, it's one that I've I've never said this out loud and had someone not go, 
huh, that's interesting. Never heard of that before. So it's the PowerPoint curvy line tool. So I know not everyone has PowerPoint. And I think for a lot of these tools, we tried to pick ones that most people would have access to. Um, but that PowerPoint is, you know, part of the Windows Office package. But if you have it, um, there's under shapes, there's a line, and then there's a line that's a little curved. And so the problem in my life with graphic design is that I can't draw at all. And it doesn't matter if it's with my hand or if it's like dragging a mouse around the computer screen. I just can't get anything straight or looking okay. So the curvy line tool lets you click um, on different points and it automatically smooths the curve to be very pretty. So if you're doing a circle, you can click around at, you know, let's say 10 points around a circle and it automatically smooths it. So that's my secret for being able to draw, well, anything like a, I've drawn my, my owl, that's my logo, I drew using the PowerPoint curvy line tool. So it can turn people like me who don't have a steady hand into someone who can actually make competent shapes. And Top the, secret ever. The nice thing about PowerPoint is that it comes with the office suite, right? Like if you right. have, so many people probably already have it on their computer. They don't have to go out and buy something, and, but they might not realize the graphic design potential of that program. Right. My se Am I allowed to do my second one now? Okay, we'll let you do your Okay, no, because it's related. Sorry, so I'm such a spoiler. Um, my second one is related because it's also part of the Microsoft Office suite. Um, and it's the cl it's clip art, okay, but it's the ungroup tool in PowerPoint. So what you can do is you can go to Microsoft clip art and you can say like lion, okay, and it'll come up with all these clip art images that are um, free for you to use. And um, some of them are what are called vector images. So some of them are a photo, which of course you can't really do much more with the photo. But if it's a vector image, which usually looks like a cartoon or a drawing, you can put it into PowerPoint, just insert clip art. And if you right click on it, you can ungroup and it breaks the image apart into all of its composite lines. So often, I'll, I do this a lot for blog posts, I find this, I really want a mailbox, but the uh, clip art image is like a mailbox with a bird with like a postman that looks really weird and I don't want any of that. So I ungroup and then I can just take the images that are the post, the lines that make up the post box, group them together and now I have a perfect image that I can use in any of my future graphics for my blog that's just what I want. Um, is Microsoft Office clip art, is that a website? Well, okay. So it just changed. I'm actually really cranky and I almost took it off of my top five. It used to be that Microsoft Office had the website where you could look at the entire library of images, which was perfect. And you could um, look for only illustrations or you could, you know, sort it various ways. Now they've gotten rid of the website and you can only do it through um the application itself. So when you're in Word or when you're in PowerPoint, you have to go to insert clip art. And the reason I don't like that as much is it only shows you the top 20 or 40 images. So if it's not the most popular baby or mailbox image, you're no longer going to see it. And you can't do advanced searches on the images anymore. So it's taken a big fall from grace, but um, there's still some value in there. And like we said, if you already have it installed, 
um, it doesn't really cost you anything to use it and play around with it. Nice. Okay, awesome. Um, Molly, you're up. Okay. Well, first, I just want to follow up on the on the clip art because I was about to jump on jump on that and say, oh, and you can use that with my first choice here, but um, that makes me very cranky because obviously now that that doesn't work as well, and I haven't been on there in a few days apparently. So um, good to know. <laughs> um, so my uh, my first thing is a program called Inkscape. Um, as when I do my graphic design work um, and all of my illustration, I use Adobe Illustrator, which, um, if you've ever looked into it, is uh, fairly pricey, but it's something that I had to have, so that's why I I invested in it. Um, but Inkscape functions the same way, except that it's a free software. Um, it creates vector images, like Stacy was talking about, so it's perfect for doing the kind of flat cute style illustrations that I like to do. You can do other things with it as well. But um, vector artwork is really, really versatile. It's also what I use when I'm outlining patterns for craft projects and things. Um, Inkscape is, if you just Google it or go to Inkscape.com, you can download it for free. There's a little bit of a, a learning curve on it. It takes some time to get used to using it especially um, things like the pen tool, which creates these lines. Like, um, like Stacey, you were saying with the curvy line tool, you can create these different points, and you can make curves from those points, and it works on mathematical principles. You don't have to know math in order to use it, but it really creates nice, sharp illustrations. It's also really easy for me to put together graphics that way, like my logo for my seasonal stitching clubs. I can just quickly draw a circle, put a dashed line around it, add some text, and export the image. And especially to be able to get something this powerful for free is it's mind blowing to me. And it's all basically customer supported through donations. But um, you can you can use it for free. So that would be my my top choice there. And are there like YouTube tutorials for people who need to learn? Yes. Yes, and actually because it functions so similarly to Adobe Illustrator, even though some of the tools are going to be in different places in Inkscape, you can learn how to use those tools through Illustrator tutorials, which are even more plentiful. Okay, that's super. Um, so my, um, my pick sort of uh, applies to both of these in, in some way, and it's Swiftly. Um, Swiftly is a website that you can go to and if you don't know at all how to digitize or vectorize, um, for example, a sewing pattern template, um, you can hire somebody to do it for you. Um, so I have, I've, I've got Inkscape, but I haven't gone on my learning curve to actually learn how to use it very well. Um, and so what I've been doing is going to Swiftly. And, um, uh, and hiring somebody to, to vectorize my sewing patterns for me. And um, so it's $15 and you get the work back in an hour and they will do other things as well, not just um, vectorizing a pattern template, but if you have, for example, a logo and you need part of it edited or changed, um, they can do that for you. So it's basically small design fixes fast. That's their 
motto. Um, the first one is free, which they kind of hook you in. Um, and then after you get yours back, get your, your job back and you approve it as being um, done correctly, then they give you a referral code and you can tweet that or put it on Facebook or even email it to somebody. And if they, that, if somebody else ends up using Swiftly then through your referral code, you get another job for free. So I have gotten a lot of jobs for free, let's just say. So I have um, vectorized eight of my sewing patterns this way, essentially for no money. And it has been fantastic. Um, the designers do a really great job. They're really easy to reach. And honestly, it's done in an hour. Like it can't really be beat. So. I highly recommend it. If you are not graphic design savvy and you just need something done for you, um, to me, there's sometimes there's things worth paying for, and um, or or in this case, you might not even have to pay for it, um, and or I guess worth hiring somebody to help you with. Um, and for me, at this time, that's totally worth it. Yeah, I, Abby, that, I just oh, want to. I'm sorry. I, I just want to jump in here and say, as someone who has done that type of work um, and been paid for it, that is a phenomenal price. Like that's just, mm -hmm. that's unheard of. Um, it's a really, really good value. And in fact, I've, I haven't used it yet, but I'm planning on using it even though I could do the work because I, my time is worth more than that. Yeah. And I think um, this is only tangentially related, but uh, it's so when you're doing a business, it's so it's hard, but you know, you can get caught up in thinking, I need a whole new website. Like, this doesn't look the way I want it to look. And a lot of times, if you can get a new logo, if you can maybe get some cute little buttons, you can transform the look of your entire website or your entire pattern template with just a few graphic design fixes. And if you can do that for $100 of outsourced graphic design, then you've got it made and you've saved yourselves, yourself thousands of dollars for a website redesign, for example. And so that it's really worth it to know when you can just get a little bit of help and make something 10 times better. I think you're totally right. I think we, you know, as DIYers, we sort of feel like we have to do everything ourselves. We have to design our own logo, build the whole site, make all of our products, do all of our packaging. Everything has to be done ourselves. And what I've come to realize is, in fact, um, it is you're better off sometimes because your time is valuable or because somebody else, frankly, is better at certain things than you are. Um, and it's it's just worth it to hire certain things out, especially if it's an affordable thing you can hire out. Yeah. Um, all right, Stacey, we are back up to you. What's your next okay. fave? My, my next one isn't really a tool. I'm sort of cheating. But um, going on to Pinterest and searching for Photoshop tutorials or Illustrator tutorials or whatever tool you happen to have, um, or PicMonkey tutorials or whatever graphic design thing you have. Just looking for a tutorial, not because I don't know how to use a circle tool or a line tool, but because people come up with really creative ways of just doing things that I hadn't thought of. So I just saw one on Pinterest the other day that told you how to make one of those postmarks. So like it was like just you take a circle and you sort of blur the line so it looks like a stamp and I don't know, put a filter on it or whatever, but it really looked like one of those, um, not photo, um, 
postage stamps that, you know, we used to have on letters once upon a time. I guess they still do that. Um, and that sort of thing is just different and creative. And along the way, you learn new tools when you do something like that. But it's just like a great idea for figuring out how to do something new that I personally, since I'm not a graphic kind of person, I don't think of that. I don't, it would never occur to me to make a postage stampy sort of thing um, to use for a blog post um, or something. Because I like doing the graphics for blog posts as much as I can. Um, Sometimes you find a nice Flickr image and you can borrow it and you can pop it into a blog post, but sometimes you just can't find what's right and you want to make your own. So just Pinteresting or Googling for tutorials is like a really great um, way to get exposed to new images. And I wouldn't have thought to search Pinterest. Like I would have searched Google and I have searched Google for those sorts of things, but I like the idea of using Pinterest as a place to search because you can see visually right away whether the project is sort of interesting. Right, and people also have whole boards dedicated to Photoshop techniques or um, actually I even follow, um, I have a board and I follow some other boards in this genre of great logos and it's just nothing but people pinning really great beautiful logos and that's just you know, you get lots of ideas from doing that. That's awesome. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna get that link from you for the great logos Pinterest board and put it in the show notes because I think that that's a good example of exactly what you're talking about. Um, you know, when you're looking for ideas for a design project, that's a great place to look. Um, all right, so Molly, your turn. Okay, so kind of along with the Photoshop uh, tutorials. If you have Photoshop, I think of any version, it's in there. I mean, even really old ones. Um, there's a feature called Actions. And basically what an action is in Photoshop is all of the photo editing steps or the any kind of editing you're doing um, in Photoshop, it's all of those steps. And they're pre-recorded so that you can click a button and it will do all of those things automatically to edit your photo, which means that you don't have to make little adjustments. You usually can go back and make adjustments later so that you can have it fine-tuned, but you don't have to do that. And it's really, um, it's really helpful. I find I have, you can set up your own actions or you can download them for free and you can find them all over the place. Um, I use it for resizing photos frequently. Like if I'm doing a blog post and I've got 12 photos I have to edit, I can just click that button for each one and I don't have to pull down menus and type in numbers. I've got it preset so that all of my photos come out the right size for my blog post. It's also nice for doing like brightening your photos. You can have a an action set up. You hit the button and it instantly adds a little bit of brightness to your photos without doing lots of adjustments. And it's a huge save a huge time saver. Um, my favorite ones that I use on a regular basis that I downloaded for free are from the Pioneer Woman, like the cooking Pioneer Woman. Um, and if you if you go online, you can download, there's two different sets, and they just have some nice um, effects and also nice basic editing in there. So uh, is there anything that woman doesn't do? <laughs> She's amazing. <laughs> She is. Um, she is really amazing. And um, okay, I'm gonna um, get those links too and put absolutely those in the show notes too for people who do have Photoshop. And that sounds like a huge time saver. That's that's amazing. It's um, really nice. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so I just wanted to talk, so I don't have Photoshop. Um, so what I use is PicMonkey, which is a free um, photo editing software. Uh, it's not even software, it's a free website that you can go to an app basically that um, does photo editing, but it also does a lot more than that. And they have a new feature that I'm super excited about. So it's called um, a design. And it used to be on PicMonkey when you would go into PicMonkey. Um, if you wanted to make like a logo or just a text-based um, graphic, maybe with some images on it but not photos, what you had to do was you had to upload a photo and then cover over it with like a white um, or, you know, a different color. And then you could design on that as like a palette, as a fresh palette. Um, so they know that lots of bloggers use Pinterest and that they don't always want to have to go through those unnecessary steps. Um, so they've added a new feature for, just for us. And so now you can edit a photo, you can create a collage, or you can design. So when you click on design, a bunch of different options come up. You can um, start with a square, and you can always edit it, but you start with a square. You start with a Facebook cover, which is exactly size for Facebook. So easy. Um, a 4x6, a 5x7, an 8x10, or custom. And so when you click on that, what opens is um, a white square. And then you can color it, you can add graphics to it, you can tint it, you can make it transparent. You can do all kinds of different things with it. You can add text to it, you can do, I mean, frames, anything you want. Um, but it just kind of saves like the first, I don't know, four steps that we were having to do to cover over a photo and start with a blank canvas, um, which was kind of like a hack, sort of felt like, it always felt like a hack, and now it's just become part of PicMonkey. And I don't have the paid version of PicMonkey, the royal membership, but I'm so tempted because there's some extra goodies that you get with that that I would really like. But um, even with the free version, this is an incredibly powerful tool. I literally use it every single day. I'm on there all day long. I resize all of my photos. I create covers for all of my sewing patterns here. I mean, every, every graphic for every blog post, I'm on here all the time. I redesigned my whole blog using graphics I made on PicMonkey. So um, we're talking about like cute buttons and all of that stuff. You can do it all here. It's really intuitive, and the PicMonkey blog is actually really helpful, too. Um, they've gone and pulled together um, people's tutorials, so that helps you a lot. Or you can search Pinterest for PicMonkey tutorials, which would be a good, a good way to do it, too. So that's my pick. Um, all right, Stacey, we're back to you. Okay, so before I do my next one, I just thought of something that I should say out loud, and um, because people ask me about it, and that is... Um, you know, some people ask me, uh, how do you get an image that um, isn't shaped like a square? So, for example, if I have this owl image, uh, an owl logo, or that's a drawing of mine, sometimes when you try and insert it, it has like this white square around it, and it makes it really hard to work with. Um, JPEGs, which is how we think of a lot of images, are always a hole filled in square. Um, but other kinds of images, um, like PNG files, no idea what that stands for. Um, they can have transparent backgrounds. So if you come across the option of either downloading or making and saving it as a PNG file, that would be just the owl with like transparent around it. So then you could put it on top of another item and not have this weird white box. So I just thought I'd say that out loud. 
That's, um, that's super. And just to clarify, that doesn't cut out the background. So if you had taken right. a picture of an owl and the backdrop was like a quilt on your wall or something like that, um, saving it as a PNG doesn't take away that quilt. It just um, allows your image to sort of stand alone. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So for my next thing, um, fonts. So since Abby was talking about, um, making designs for blog posts, like what's really popular now is having just words that make up a, a graphic. I don't know. Um, and so I go to defont.com, which is a place where you can download fonts. Um, they have all, they're categorized by, um, like style. So there's cartoon ones, scary ones, happy ones, you know, all sorts of things. Um, and they all have different licensing options. So that's a thing you have to be careful. I personally have it as a philosophy. I don't download a font at all unless it's available for commercial use, just because my blog does generate income. And if I use it in a blog post, you know, I mean, once I install it on my computer, I'm not going to remember every single one if I'm allowed to use it for a commercial purpose. So I only install ones that I know I can use. Um, other ones are for personal use only. And um, I don't, you know, I guess someone could argue if your blog is personal, you could use it, but that's something that you just have to sort out. Um, and it's all listed for each font what the licensing is. Um, some of them are donation. You can donate um, and many of them are free. And you can just browse and get those great little fonts, you know, that look like handwriting or whatever that can make graphics that look really cute for your blog. Well, that's super. I've got a bunch of them. I love, I love to font. So, um, okay, Molly, you had, I think, a font one too. I do. Um, so mine is fontsquirrel.com. And um, of course, they have a cute little squirrel on their, on their logo. But anyway, um, it is uh, far less fonts than the font.com has. But every font that they have is a free commercial font. So you don't have to worry about the licensing at all. And they ch tend to choose really nice, high-quality fonts. Every, you know, sometimes you'll find something that you like at, in other places, and you download it, and it doesn't really have all of the characters that you want to use, or it's just a little bit odd. But um, they, they tend to be a little bit more choosy with what they have. And um, I love everything that I've ever downloaded from them. So good choice for free commercial fonts. That's super. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, can I just jump yeah. in on that? Um, just in case anyone wants a concrete example about um, uh, not having all the characters, the font that I use mostly on my website, it's called Comic Andy. It looks like a bubble thing and it was free on Defont, and it's amazing. I love it. Um, but it doesn't have a period. So you have to be careful when you're like making graphics or whatever. You're like, okay, hope I don't need a period in this one. <laughs> Slash. I, I will come across things and it doesn't have like an ampersand. And I go, oh, okay. All right. I get that. But a period or some of them don't have numbers. Have you ever had that where you download one and there's no numbers with it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's good to know that Font Squirrel has like a, a higher standard. Yeah. I'm going to look at that. <laughs> I love that story about the period. Okay. Um, all right. So speaking, this kind of goes along with, um, with this discussion because um, it's about how to make good text-based graphics for blog posts and things. And it's called, it's a site called Pinstamatic. 
um, and it's free. You go there and you can um, basically make like a quote. Um, so they have all different templates. Some of them are like a post-it. It looks like a post-it note um, or it looks like um, kind of a, an antique looking sign or it just looks like a poster. It, you know, they're all different sort of templates and you just choose one and then you type in your text. Um, so I wrote a blog post recently that had a quote from Denise Schmidt, the fabric designer and quilter. And so the, the graphic for that post was, um, was her quote. And it, it, I did it on Pinstamatic and it was this really nice sort of elegant black background with hot pink quotation marks and then her words in white and then, um, you know, the attribution that it was from her underneath. And it looked all sort of fancy and professional, literally took me four seconds because I just typed in her quote to Pinstamatic and it made it for me. Um, and then what they want you to do is pin that quote. I guess a lot of people pin like inspirational quotes, but I don't use Pinterest that way and I don't want it pinned onto my Pinterest board. So I just right before, like they let you preview it and then I just grab it as a JPEG and drag it to my desktop. <laughs> And then I just size it and upload it as an image on my blog post. So I'm sure that that's not at all what you're supposed to do with it, but I don't want it on Pinterest. Like I used to just pin it and then go to Pinterest and delete it. <laughs> I was like, why am I doing that? And also I think it auto tweets maybe if you do that. So I also don't want it tweeted because I'm like prepping a blog post four days in advance. So that doesn't make any sense. So I just drag it to my desktop and it makes these super nice looking quotes. Um, and you could like the, I've used, and there's a chalkboard one. I've used the post-it note one. It makes it look like a little shopping list. It's really cute. So just a quick little thing, but I like that. I like that. I like Pinstamatic. Um, that sounds so cute. Yeah, I'm it's gonna fun. Try that. It makes yeah. it quick graphic, That's you know, it. quick and easy. That's what I like. So, um, all right. So we're almost done. Everyone has, I think, one thing left. So, Stacy, I do. So my next one is one that I haven't used very successfully yet, but I aspire to. So I feel like that counts. Um, it's called Polyvore. It's P-O-L-Y-V-O-R-E. And it's mainly used by people who do fashion design, um, or maybe not fashion design, but fashion styling. Um, like it's a database of images, usually clothing, and you would create a style board for going out on a date and you put the cocktail dress and then we've all seen these things. Then there's a necklace, then there's like a hat you'd wear and then there's some shoes and you put them all. And what Polyvore does is it's a database of all these images and you can also add your own and it puts them all together. And then you could put like a cute little graphic or uh, title or whatever on it. Um, but for um, blogging, I really do hope to use it because I want to give people some ideas about how to use my products. So um, I've been tinkering with the idea of, you know, I make stuffed animals, um, having like a teddy bear themed nursery, like what sort of mobile and crib might you get, um, bundling together like a shower gift, um, doing some things that aren't quite fashion related. Um, and the site works totally fine for that. And people often pop in gift ideas or toys or whatnot. Um, and the great thing about it that's not just um, well, two great things is one, it clips when you clip something, it's a lot like pinning something. It sucks the image from the site. Um, it trims out the white background. So it makes it like these 
transparent background shaped images if it was a white background image, which means you can sort of overlap them and they look cute. Um, and also it saves the original data about where the item came from and how much it costs. So if someone really wants to go buy that crib or that blanket or whatever, um, you have the link to that site and they can just click over. So it's not just ambiguous images from who knows where on there. It really is like a little shopping guide. So, so that's one I hope to use more. Is your, so is the, it kind of looks like a magazine spread, you know? But, exactly. Um, so are the are the images though clickable themselves, like within the the finished collage? I that don't you make? think so. I think they're like numbered. Okay. And then it would have like a legend. Right. Super. Awesome. I need to play with it more. I just got started on Polyvore, and I'm excited about it. I, I didn't realize you could upload your own images of your own products. So once I realized that, then I got excited. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not sure. I think you have to clip them from a site. I don't think you can upload them yourself. Right, but right. still, if you have it on your website somewhere, then it works. Okay, awesome. Um, okay, Molly. Um, okay, so my I really debated here on my last one What which one to choose because I've two options here. My first one that I'm not really going to go into is um, puglypixel.com um, and I just highly recommend that people check that out for lots of good blog editing um, resources. But really the one that I would want to talk about more is creativemarket.com which is kind of a newer um, marketplace of design elements and things to use both for web and print design. You can get some fonts there. They um, they have three uh, three freebies each week, and then the rest is um, things you pay for. But most of it is very inexpensive and affordable. Um, I didn't. I've never had something where I went, oh, well, that's just way out of my price range. I'm not going to think about it. But you can find little icons that you could pop into things that you're working on. You can find. Um, templates for WordPress and um, other things like that. Um, recently, um, I worked with you, Abby, on your um, the kind of mock-up image of your new ebook, and they have things like that there, where you it shows an image of a book or uh, an iPhone, and then you just load that file that you downloaded from them into Photoshop, for example, and drop in your image and it instantly looks like it's part of the book or the iPhone. Um, they just And it's a really wide range of things that you can find there. And good illustrations that are, some that are editable, some that are not so editable, but great place to find all kinds of things to use for graphic design. Right. And this is, I think, another example where Sometimes it's worth it to pay for something, even pay a small amount when you're going to yeah. get a really high quality product that you'll use over and over. Right. Yeah, and I did just want to add to that because we are, uh, we're mentioning a lot of free ones, but that's also sort of just our bias for this podcast, mentioning things people can do cheaply. We're all designers and we all know that it's worth buying a thing that you're going to use. So I don't want us to sound like we're all just trying to like scam things for free. We do really buy things, um, but we tended more towards some freebies that other people could grab and use for this podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, and the, the one thing to that I do want to say with Creative Market is they are all available for commercial use, but it is a good idea to look at the license on those because some of them 
are meant to be more single use. So you just kind of have to define, like, if I download something and it's for my blog, if I use it over and over again on my blog, is that single use because it's really the same project? Or do I need to buy this a second time? It, it, you kind of have to use your judgment on it. Okay. Good to know. Um, that sounds like a great a great resource. I'm going to go check out Creative Market this afternoon. Um, all right. And I, I'm going to end on um, very old school, an actual book. Um, I know. It's crazy. So my mom... Um, my mom bought my nine-year-old um, a book for Hanukkah called The Kid's Guide to Graphic Design. And Kid has two Ds because it's actually somebody's last name, Chip Kid, who um, is the author of the book. And he also is a really well-known um, designer of, well, all sorts of things, but of book covers. So he designed the cover of Jurassic Park, which I'm sure is coming to your mind now. <laughs> right now, um, it's a really well-known book cover, and he's designed like over a thousand book covers. So he's um, he's kind of interesting. And anyway, she opened the gift and immediately said she didn't like the book and didn't want it and wanted me to give it away. <laughs> so I put it in the pile of things that we no longer want, and then I picked it up and started reading it, and it's fantastic. <laughs> I love it and I'm almost done I'm like I have like a little time with me 20 pages left to go but so it is um, intended for children but honestly I think that it would be fantastic for anyone who is interested in sort of learning about graphic design you know I have a history background um, that was my degree and then I have a degree in teaching so I really don't have any formal art training and I certainly don't have any formal graphic design training so for me like, I'm not really ready to jump into taking, a, a like, a full-fledged class, um, but I want to know kind of the basics and things that I can apply tomorrow um, to making great graphics for my blog or for my products. So this book is totally right there. Um, it's super easy to read. It's fun. And it's got really good content. So, like, I was just reading about... Um, designing vertically with like vertical stripes and kind of what impression that gives versus horizontal, which gives sort of a sense of strength. Um, he talks about image cropping and what that can do about repetition and pattern and different ways of making asymmetrical pattern and symmetrical pattern. Honestly, I think it's so it's like opened my eyes. I'm having so much fun with it. I love it. Um, and I, I was sort of today when I was making the graphic for the blog post that I put up today, I was really thinking about some of the ideas and I hope my graphics improve. Maybe people will notice, maybe they won't, but from the tips in this book. So it's called the kid's guide to graphic design by Chip Kid, And I really recommend it. It is a fantastic book. It's published by Workman. So, and the front of it has what looks like a stop sign. But it says go on it, which I think is really cool. So <laughs> so anyway, that is my final recommendation, an actual book. Um, all right, so this has been really interesting and fantastic. I've learned a bunch of new places I may need to go check out as soon as we're done with this. Um, and I hope it's been helpful for listeners to, I will put all of the links to the sites we talked about on the show notes and as well as links to Molly's site wildolive.blogspot.com and to Stacy's site freshstitches.com so you can check out their um, products as well and um, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. I was so glad to be part of this. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll have to do it again soon. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So I'm Abby Glassenberg and this is the While She Naps podcast. 
Thanks so much for joining me.